Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. I believe that the more we seek God and study His Word, the more He'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with His best looks like, and that's our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at moretobe.com slash podcasts and get access to a library of Bible study content and biblically-based coaching resources that will help you align your life with His best. On this episode and study, Kaylee, welcome. Thanks for being here with me to study God's Word again. Excited to dive into uh, Philippians. It's such a good book. It's such a good book. And I I randomly picked out chapter three, which is what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. So just to kind of set this up and give context, because we are going to have women and maybe men listening to this episode on the More to Be podcast. And we're also going to be having uh, people watching this video within the sisterhood where we are hosting the Let Go and Live, a vision for breakthrough Bible study. And so I've had so much fun doing this Bible study as a participant because it is completely different than anything I've done before. So I just kind of want to set that up and and guide those who are wondering like, well, what's so different about this and how do you do it? Mm -hmm. So within the sisterhood is where you get the resources and you will find uh, downloadable pages so that you can write out the chapter of scripture that we're studying each month. And so uh, I actually have my papers all right here. And what I have done is I'm just writing out the scriptures. And uh, I think there's two really good ways to do it. I mean, one is just a couple of scriptures a day, which Mm -hmm. has been the method that I've used. Some days I only get two scriptures in, uh, as opposed to another option is to sit down and say, this Saturday, I'm going to study the Let Go and Live Bible study and do it kind of a once Uh, a month experience, because I know lots of our listeners and members in the sisterhood are doing other Bible studies. And yet there is something about studying the scriptures in a repeated way. So another portion of this is the scripture writing, Um, not the scripture writing, the prayer journal. So what I'm doing is after I write the scriptures, then I'm going back into that same passage and I'm turning line by line into a prayer. And it is amazing to me how God is sticking the verses in my Mm. head through the repetition. Like I had a situation with uh, one of my girls the other night and as she's kind of lamenting to me about her emotions, I'm like, it was like a movie. It was like, I could see the scriptures like trickling down in front of my face between me and her. And it's not that I said anything to her. At the moment, it wasn't the right right time to be like, well, the word of God says, (laughs) but I was able to kind of hold back Mm. on what I was feeling and what I was thinking as I was seeing this through spiritual lenses. And it made me, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It made me calmer. It made me more connected to her. I was more compassionate to her. Uh, I was less frustrated. I mean, I was a totally different mom in that moment. It was amazing. I was like, okay, so then that was fueled to like do it. You're like, okay, this is really working. This is really working. Thank you, Lord. And the interesting thing is at the end of that conversation, it got to a place where she was talking about her faith and her own struggle of like, but I don't know. How do I know that God is really God? Like, how do I know that this is actually really true? The same questions that I have, right? What if this is all, what am I, what if I'm duped here? And yeah. And I said to her, I said, honey, like if, if you, you know, you say to me, mommy, will you sit down and watch Heartland with me? And I could be like, no, nah, I don't really want to watch it and move on. But what I know you're really asking me is mom, will you spend time with me? Hmm. And, and it's, that's just the vehicle for spending time together. And I, I say, yes, because I want to be with you. I want to be connected with you around a theme and And she's like, okay, your point. And I was like, that spending time with God and his word. Like you are not going to feel connected to God if you don't spend time with him. And the the word is a means of spending time to understand his voice. Mm -hmm. And she said, but mom, I don't understand so much of what the scriptures are saying. It's completely out of my understanding. 
And, and she's like, and I don't know like how fast to read or what to read. And I said, well, why don't you do this study the same way I'm doing it? And I pulled out my papers and showed her what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And when I said, I just spend 30 days with the same chapter of scripture, she just took this huge like breath. Mm-hmm. She's like, I could do that. I could do that. And writing it, I could do that because then that will make me feel like I'm doing something right? and, and learning the way I learn. And I was like, great. So she was like, well, what chapter should I do? I'm like, here you go. Isaiah, you know, 61. And then I started studying Philippians to prepare for this. And I was like, actually, maybe start with Philippians, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, um, and so I, if it works for a 15 year old right. who struggles, how many of us really, we may be decades older than that, but still have that I don't understand it. I don't know how to find the time. I don't feel connected with God. And, and I said to her, you know, sweetheart, the Holy spirit is alive in you because you have given your life to Jesus Yes. and you do believe by faith, Yes. but you need to give the Holy spirit an opportunity to work in you and draw that connection to the Lord. And yeah, can God do it apart from studying his word? I do think he can, but he has created his word as a, mm-hmm. a tool for us to connect us to him. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, this is why we're, we're doing it this way. We're slowing things down. We're getting into God's word. And then the other component that is part of the study is this well-being guide. Mm-hmm. And uh, for January, it was the whole life assessment because I really wanted to have our participants in this take a baseline of where their life is in January. We're going to do this whole life assessment multiple times to see areas of growth. Where is God working so we could give him glory? And if we don't take a baseline, we don't know what's happened sure. or why. And, you know, there's my applied behavior analysis class that I couldn't stand in graduate school coming, <laughs> coming to bear, <laughs> but, but that that's it. So last month was Isaiah 61. This month we are looking at Philippians three and that came out of me sitting down with my new Bible in hand because I got a new Bible for uh, Christmas. And I read through the book of Philippians and I just thought Philippians three is so stinking powerful. And I went to Philippians to read it in its entirety because the let go and live Bible study and the thing that God is doing in my heart it, it comes out of that Isaiah chapter 61, but it also comes out of verses 12 through um, 14. Okay. And uh, I think about this passage when I think about the let go and live manifesto. So I feel like I should read that first again. Since Sounds good. You told me it was so powerful. And um, this, this is also available in a printable in the let go and live um, Bible study in the sisterhood. So Here we go, Lord. Um, I am your security. I see you clearly. I adore you. I delight in you. I made you my masterpiece. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I find you remarkable and resilient. I will not abandon you. I will not reject you. I will not judge you when you fail. I will not punish you, but I will discipline in love as your father. I will cover you under the shelter of my wings. I will nourish you. I will clothe you in royal robes as my treasured possession. I will sustain you. I will pour out my grace upon you. I will wash you clean. I will be merciful toward you. I will give you the fullness of my attention. I will be faithful to you. I will love you with an everlasting love. I will abide in you. I will fill you with my spirit. I will shine in you. I will forgive you again and again. I will rescue, restore, renew, and redeem you. I will lead you and guide you. I will order your steps. I will anoint you and appoint you. I will protect you and defend you. I will accomplish my purposes in you. I will equip you for the work I've called you to do. I will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. I will give you good, good gifts. You are my chosen, holy and beloved daughter. Turn to me, find your rest in me. Allow my love to flow freely in you. Allow my peace to be fully present in your body, mind, heart, and soul. Let me take up full residence in every part of your life. I am all yours, always and forever. Delight in me. Let go and live, my darling. It, you, I never get tired of hearing those words. I know. 
I've got them on my desk. I got them in my Bible. Uh, and they are God's words, his love letter yeah. to us, yeah. right? His reminder in the face of <laughs> every opposition, <laughs> every yes. lie, every lie, right? Every bit of the culture that tells us the opposite of those things, right? And what I'm finding is as I lean into those truths, especially with the lead of I'm your security, hmm. my God's exposing my need to be in control <laughs> and opportunity to trust him. Yeah. Right. And in the middle of COVID life. And yeah. political turmoil and everything else that's going on that just feels like every day, it just feels like there's some, some other tension that is added to the mix. Right. Um, right. And, right. It, and it's hard. It's, it's hard and overwhelming to try to kind of keep all of that into perspective because it just feels like it grabs you in this, that you can't trust anything and you don't know what's going to happen and the sky is falling, all of that kind of stuff. And so like, naturally, I think, you know, we, we've talked about how the brain is wired, like where you naturally yeah. go to that, that flight or, or why can't I think right now? Yeah, um, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, you. and faint. <laughs> yeah. So, like you, we immediately—it's just human nature to go mm -hmm. to that because we do feel so out of control. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, God and His Word and what He's saying and those promises is what can settle us and can get us back into that logical side of our brain that says, "Okay, but what? What yeah. am I going? How am I going to handle this?" Right. Um, right. That's a a great lead into the the thing that I really as I was studying this passage and preparing the content for this month, really kind of settled on this, this tension that we have as Christians living in a world of suffering, mm -hmm. right? The turmoil, you, you use that word and the, the political unrest, the issues around COVID, the financial hardships, mm -hmm. the relationship dynamics. We live in this really, really broken place. And one thing that I have seen from myself and the women I coach it, who are believers is that life is always going to be hard and suffering is normal. Right. Yet there's this inner tension of wanting out of that. Mm -hmm. And yet there is a, this is like, I'm making a great generalization, a refusal to kind of believe that, that life could be good. So when there is a blessing or when there is a provision of God, there is like almost a hesitation and resistance from enjoying it and embracing it. Mm. There's, there's a, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? Right. Right. And I, I those things. Right. Right. I mean, I see this over and over again. Uh, and so it's really a miserable life we're living because <laughs> either we're in suffering or we're not enjoying the blessings, right? right. Like or we're worrying about suffering. We're worrying about suffering. Can we live a life? In which, as Paul says, verse one of chapter three, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Can we do that? I mean, I, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, we want to do that. And it's in, I know, in Philippians over yeah. um, for when he's talking about like being content in all things yes and it's like okay paul that's a rub and yet you think about it paul you know we think we have it bad and yet paul's in prison he doesn't know right. his life when is he going to be killed or not he's got people who are against him you know he had so many moments of suffering in his life yeah. and yet as he's writing this he's coming back to yeah rejoicing and being content and and focusing on the Lord and where he has you. Yeah, it's, so it's crazy. Possible. It's possible, you know, and in my first read and my second read through this and I started writing it, I missed the whatever happens, hmm. rejoice. I missed it, right? And I, I, I'm like, okay, well, what does, what is Paul saying here? What does rejoice mean? So I looked up rejoice. It's Cairo, C-H-A-I-R-O. Mm -hmm. And the definitions mean to be glad, rejoice exceedingly, to be well, mm -hmm. thrive. 
And so I was like, yes, Lord, because, you know, part of this let go and live study is well-being. It's, right. uh, you know, and, and I started thinking about that. Well, you know, what is the definition of well-being? You know, and the definition of well-being is happiness by the world mm -hmm. standard and prosperity. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, my word, Christians can't handle that. Right. 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 If I said to you, you know, Kaylee, uh, we're all about happiness and prosperity. What is your knee jerk reaction to that? Prosperity gospel and that everything is going to be OK no matter what. Right. And and we know I mean, you resist it. I resist it because we even when I had to write Meet the New You, I had to when I had the opportunity to write Meet the New You, I didn't want that to be the title of the book because I didn't want anybody to think that I was offering them the secret to the happy life. Mm. Right. Because I had yet to and still have yet to experience a happy life, right. meaning without suffering. Yes. Right. So I've been wrestling through this, like, okay, so what is well-being? And I think Paul gives us that definition of well-being here. And it, it is the both and that yes. you find in this chapter. So the, the yes, our biblical life, our biblically based, God-ordained, purpose-filled life should absolutely represent thriving gladness, rejoicing exceedingly, mm -hmm. being well, like, yeah, there, there is not a Christian on this planet that should not have a taste of that. Correct. And yet, as Paul unpacks this entire chapter, writes this letter to the Philippians from prison, he talks about all the opposition and the suffering that we will equally experience. So it's this both and Right. I think we, we struggle with living with the both ands. And yet, yes, I, the more that I've been studying and just, you know, going through life, I, I am coming back to this concept, like that it, they go together. They go together. I mean, because we can't, we can't avoid, um, you know, we can't avoid the anxiety. We can't avoid like the things that press mm -hmm. in around us, but like, that doesn't have to be that defining, like, you know, the girls that I work with, like, I, I tell them like that doesn't have to be the defining thing is that you struggle with anxiety mm -hmm. like that's a piece of the puzzle but there are plenty of good moments and good days and when they talk about it like they see that there's the blessings and it's like but they want that or it's like well then I'm or I'm just stuck in the anxiety well it's both and you struggle yeah for 30 minutes this day and then it hits you again the next day and then you go two days without any issues you know can you live with and and rejoice in all of the good moments and the happiness that mm -hmm. happens that you're not just stuck in the anxiety or depression yeah and recognize that um that that's not defining you right yeah totally agree and and the live in the present moment right with a perspective of what present literally means. So, so that's where I, I want to look at this in, in absolute detail. So, you know, verse two, well, continuing the, the rest of verse one is I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. So mm -hmm. we know with that choice of word, our faith is always at risk of being crushed. Right. Yeah. And then Paul says, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. You know, and Paul Paul's referring to himself uh, in that moment and the, the next you know chunk of verses as who he was as a, as a right. persecutor, right. Before he came to see Jesus and see truth, he was the worst. Right. I love his, his resume here of like, okay, fine. If you want to like brag, let me just tell you who I was and all the credentials and all the qualifications I had yeah. that should, and then in a sense have earned my salvation and put me at the top of the, the class. Right. Right. 
And he, and he says, you know, he forgets these things. So I'm skipping right. ahead down to verse seven. I once thought these things were valuable, but I now consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. So, so pause there with me. Like, you know, he talks about being a pure blood citizen of Israel. So his mm-hmm. identity by bloodline, mm-hmm. he talks about being a Hebrew. So his, his faith, he, he talks about being a Pharisee. So his job, he talks about being the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. So his effort, he talked about being so zealous, he harshly persecuted the church. So his actions. So he, he really like, we can see parallels. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where are we getting our righteousness from our family, what we have done, what we believe, who we've been employed by, who we're in relationship with. And, and Paul's telling us, forget it, ladies. Right. It's, it's worthless. And so think about this in the context of like the both and where we are struggling between the suffering and the non-suffering, the blessing Mm -hmm. that when we're in suffering, how often do we try to get out of it by our own efforts? A lot of times, right? Like we might beg God to do what he needs to do, but then we take matters into our own hands. Right. right? And then we're in the blessings. And how many times do we say, oh, God, thank you for this. But really, I know it's because of blah, 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 blah. Right. And if I screw up, I'm going to lose this. Right. And then it's back on us again of like, okay, I better be acting a certain way and doing this because I want to keep this happiness and this blessings, but it's still been on our shoulders and we're actually not able to fully enjoy the moment and the blessings because like, we're so stressed about keeping it or doing it right. And you're just like holding on for dear life. Right. Like, don't go away. So uh, what am I doing wrong or what am I doing right? yeah. And analyzing the whole situation. I feel like I have this visual in my mind of like one of those old fashioned wooden roller coasters where, you know, you've got the handle in front of you that you can put mm-hmm. your hands on. And when you take that roller coaster ride, you know, going up, you're white knuckling it because you're anticipating it going down, you're white knuckling it because you're scared to death. Right. <laughs> like, and then you maybe release on like the little curve that turns around and you have a little flat area, but you know, you can't relax because it's going to happen again. Right. And so, I mean, what would it, this is where I, I'm at. What does it look like to thrive? Mm-hmm. by simply being present rather than always living in the anticipation yeah. of, of what may happen. So, so Paul continues verse eight. Yes. Everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. So my third reading through of this passage and writing it out, I looked at that and I'm like, why didn't I underline become one with him? Like, I've never thought about that before. What does it look like to be one with Christ? I think it, I think it looks like what Paul continues talking about of being able to rejoice in all things, no matter what's happening and be content. And, you know, when he goes on, um, you went with him no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather I become righteous through faith in Christ. Like Mm -hmm. it's that, that settled at peace, knowing who he really is. Yeah. I think that's the becoming one of like, then we really step into understanding whose we are. And so there's there's so much less stress and the expectations fall off of us as like having to live up to something or perform or do things Mm. just right so that we're either accepted or so that bad stuff doesn't happen. You know, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Like with this idea of the, the, that we're not able to rejoice because we're, we're trying to manipulate. Yeah. Our outcomes. Yeah. And we, we can't. And I, you know, in this passage that you just read, these verses for God's way of making us right with himself depends upon faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. And 
as I think about those verses and was listening to you and thinking about what does this mean to become one with Jesus, I I have this visual in my head from a time in which I was in counseling for the healing from, I went to counseling because my anger was so bad and I couldn't get a handle on it. And in that one of those counseling sessions, my therapist asked if I would be willing to go to the Lord in prayer. And I was remembering one of the earliest times of abuse. And I've shared parts of this on the podcast before, but so in that memory, I went back to a situation in which I was about three or four and my father had come into the house livid and I don't have any memory as to why. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I did, but I knew based on how he walked in the door that I better get out of his way. Mm-hmm. And it, it might have been the day he lost his job, like as time has passed and I've put some pieces together. Right. And I must have said or done something to set him off. And I ran to my bunk bed and threw myself in my bunk bed because I had this thought that my father couldn't hit me as hard if I was protected by mm-hmm. the bunk bed. And my whole life, up until that moment in therapy, I I mean, I just, my hate for my father, my anger was in that moment. And also for my mom, who I had remembered standing in the doorway and Mm -hmm. I felt like she didn't do anything. And in that counseling session in prayer, my therapist said, Jesus, will you please show Lisa where you were? And I honestly, I was like, yeah, he wasn't there. You know, I didn't come to know him until I was, you know, an adult, you know, 21 Uh, and yet the truth is God knows every hair on our head from before we were born. Yeah. He sees us and is with us, whether or not we realize that he is. Right. And, and I, I'm trying to pray with my therapist and I, I finally like uttered the words, Lord, where, where were you? And I'm, I'm scanning the room in my mind's eye. And then all of a sudden, as I got to the bunk bed and I'm kind of looking down on my mattress, I realize I'm in his arms. Oh my word, I'm getting goosebumps just listening to you. Right? Like I'm in his arms. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a really good picture of what it means to be one with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who is our protector and our, our friend. And in this, suffer with him, sharing in his death. My takeaway from that that time was that Jesus suffered for my father's sin because he he took the hit from my dad. I physically felt the reverberation of it, right? But Jesus was with me and took it with me. And, And he picked me up and like bride carried me out of that room And in my mind's eye over my shoulder, I could see my dad just so broken on the floor, completely remorseful, which totally describes who my dad is today Mm. and is a work that God has miraculously accomplished in my dad's life. And, and, and my mom, it was the first time I, my anger towards my mom was laid down because I realized what on earth was this small, isolated, unsupported woman supposed to do mm-hmm. to stop this man's violence? Right. And, and she was helpless. But I, up until that point, could not see that because I only viewed life through the lens of what was done to me and the offenses and the wounds rather than looking at life through the lens of Christ suffered for, right? He suffered my mother's sin. He suffered my dad's sin. He has suffered my sin. He has suffered my sin as an adult, right? And and I look at this and this leads into this next portion, which is where the let go and live like vision of this Bible study came from. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, 
I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. And so that is not to say, okay, this is my, my mental health perspective. We absolutely have to deal with our past. We have to look backwards. We have to go back and say, this is my memory of this experience. But we also have to do that with the, the God, what do you have to say to me about that experience? How did that shape my identity? How did that shape my you know, shame, my beliefs, my values? And what is it, Lord, that you want me to live out now? And so by going backwards and looking at what happened in my past, it released me to press forward in obedience to God through forgiving my parents. Right. Right. It, it took the anger because the anger would, was linked to the unforgiveness and the bitterness. Mm-hmm. And I think the the deal is that anytime we find ourselves ruminating over the past, and I do this in, in some relationships that I have presently that are broken, Anytime that we find ourselves like caught in a shame cycle, we need to to really say what is holding me up there that needs to be reconciled before the cross so that I can press on, as Paul is saying, with an eternal perspective towards what Jesus has for us. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's all so, so good and so relevant to what I think a lot of people are struggling with, because I, I think we don't think that like, or that mental health is a thing that only certain people deal with, but we all like have levels because we've all walked through some level of trauma yeah. in our life. And I don't think we necessarily realize it. Um, and yet there's always something that shapes us negatively and and it's dealing with that and, and understanding who we are in Christ that gives us this freedom. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, to, to that note, in the sisterhood, there are two um, Coffee with the Coaches episodes that mm-hmm. are on trauma, trauma part one, trauma part two, um, where I talk about the reality that we all have experienced trauma at some level and it's right. impacted our lives. You know, this passage, I, I, I did my little like look up the Greek, which I think is important to um, note. So to press on is dioko, which means to make, run, flee, or put into flight, to run swiftly in order to catch or to run after to reach the goal, to seek after eagerly, earnestly, and endeavor to acquire and as I think about that and the metaphors that Paul often gives us in, in likening us to runners, like to press on that way is going to take practice and discipline. Yes. We're not going to be able to do that, put into flight, <laughs> run after easily. No. And to make perfect is talio. I'm not even sure if I said it correctly, but it means to carry through completely, finish, bring to an end to complete, render a thing full, to bring to the end goal proposed, to accomplish or bring to a close, which is so important because to be perfect does not mean the opposite of imperfect, right? It doesn't mean without flaw, doesn't say that. It doesn't mean without crack or, or tarnish. It means to finish the work that was begun. That's amazing. Yeah, because we get very tripped up on the perfection side of things. I mean, I know a lot of people on this verse and it's like, wait, what, I've got to be perfect? Yeah, not perfect, but finished. At the end, when we receive the prize. Uh, And I I love it. It says in um, another translation, the upward call of God, as opposed to receive the heavenly prize, through Christ Jesus is calling us. And again, that word calling is the, the root, um, the Greek word on that is klesis, which means to embrace uh, the divine invitation to embrace the salvation of God. So it doesn't mean calling career. It means calling, embracing our salvation. It changes everything. 
Well, and I love, you know, when Paul's saying forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, like Paul wasn't, it's this back and forth. Like if you read, you know, verse five, it's like, well, he was perfect because he was that um, pure citizen of Israel and he goes through his qualifications. Right. You know, so you can kind of try to line these things up. And yet then we know he persecuted the Christians and, and killed people. I mean, he, he did monstrous things. Yes. And and so you can be like, he was so far from perfect. In right. fact, he was like horrible. Right. And yet, you know, Paul comes down to this, like, okay, I'm going to forget the past because I can only imagine how much he wrestled then yeah. with his past actions. Oh my word. And, and so much shame and guilt over what he had done to yeah. Christ's believers and, and his children. Yeah. Um, you know, and yet Paul comes to this, like, okay, I'm going to forget the past and I keep looking forward. I keep pressing on. I keep aligning myself with Christ. I, I keep reaching for completion Yeah, because that is what then keeps me step in step with, exactly. with my savior. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's this, you know, the let go and live it's let go of whatever that thing is that stronghold, that sin, that wound, that pain, that, keeps you from pursuing the things of God, right? And so Paul doesn't, it's interesting because a lot of people would say, well, we shouldn't talk about things in the past. And they quote this first. Even Paul says, forgetting the past, but you just pointed it out. He, he mentioned the past. Right. But he's not living in it. Right. And that's the difference. Yeah. This yeah, cause, Right. Because we need, we need to deal with, and I don't think Paul was like diminishing, you know, that. Like it's important for us to deal with and cope with the past, yeah. but we're always with a forward thinking minds of, you know, where am I going now? Yeah. Like I just had, I was helping some, a, a teenager through a panic attack and episode finished. And there was a lot of like shame from this girl saying like, you know, why did it happen? And I feel bad that it happened and I should have processed my emotions better. And, um, and like, and even she said, like, did I fake it? You know, I came out of it faster than I usually do. And it was like, instead of trying to figure out all those things yeah. and beating yourself up over, you know, how you acted in the moment, it was a yeah. very real thing. Your emotions got the best of you and they overwhelmed you mm -hmm. and you worked hard to bring them back under control and to think clearly and to move forward. Yeah. And that's the important piece is that you're always moving forward and saying, all right, next time it happens, like I know a little bit better what to do and I'm going to keep on, you know, trudging ahead. Yeah. Um, but being stuck in that or like, Oh, mm -hmm. me, or I'm just, or this is the way I am. Like yeah. everybody just needs to accept me. Those are when we're just living in the past, I feel like. But yeah. We have to deal with the things that come up. But yeah. it's always that mindset of, yes, let go. Like, okay, so that episode happened. You're letting go and you're choosing to live and choosing to move forward in the grace of Christ and choosing to, yeah. um, you know, rely on his truths and, and taking steps that you know to do now going yeah. forward. That's awesome. It's totally verse 16 but we must hold on to the progress mm. we have already made. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, why is that not on coffee mugs? Yeah. Right. Like how many times do we lose sight of the progress we've made? Oh, all the time, all the time. So they we're right? so hard on ourselves instead of like, okay, see, like, look at where you've come from. Come from. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. Like, this is what I've come from, but I've let it go. I consider all that I used to hold important garbage. Mm -hmm. I'm now focusing on what Christ has done. I'm seeking to become one with him. I'm pressing on towards the eternal prize. And yet I am taking stock of the progress I've made because he is not yet complete when he writes this and neither are we. And so then he says, uh, and this is why this passage to me is so important. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. And again, I feel like this drives to Paul's modeling, the human side of being a, a right. Christ follower, but he's also calling us into being that example. 
and, and that we need one another. Instead of mm-hmm. comparing, we need to be, you know, learning from Entering, and complimenting. Encouraging. Right. And then he says, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about life here on earth. And I think that many of us could say, my God's not my appetite, and I I don't brag about shameful things. Mm -hmm. But how many of us are only thinking about this life here on earth? Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to not think about life on this earth? We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Like sometimes I think we think our, we think of ourselves as needing a passport to get to heaven mm-hmm. when in actually we're holding a passport for living here on earth. Yeah. Right. Cause he say we're citizens of heaven now. Like, right. It's not now. when you actually get there. Right. So we're on a work visa. I mean, basically, yeah. oh, right? I like that analogy, right? We, we are, we are temporary here. Yes. And man, if that doesn't change things, right. Right. This is not eternity. This is not my forever dwelling place. Oh, so that means it's not going to feel like glory ever. Mm-hmm. And yet when we taste glory, God's kindness is, is right there. And so Um, So Paul says, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies, Lord, please, and change them into glorious bodies. I cannot wait like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. I just, I find this passage, this entire chapter remarkable. It's a game changer. Yeah. Right. And so kind of coming full circle, what does well-being mean? I, I think a good definition of well-being is, is saying that whatever happens, I will rejoice in the Lord. Mm-hmm. As I, you know, love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my 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 soul, all my body, right. As an entire being by trusting in God's promises and his words Mm -hmm. and obeying his commands and joining him in his work, understanding that this is not my forever home. Right. I'm on a work visa. (laughs) And, and what is that? What do you want to do God in this moment? And I think what I'm hoping for by the end of this study, by the end of this year, that we will have a deeper understanding of how to do that, yes. how to thrive. I mean, that's the the long-term goal that I think we all have, right? Or that, we, yeah. yeah, is that we keep, and that's really what Paul's talking about, that we keep pressing forward. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that the Lord does his completing work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting, you know, forgetting, I looked up that word too, no longer caring for mm. was one of the definitions of forgetting from the Greek, right? And no longer obsessing over what was, yeah, but rather living in the what is with a perspective of what is to come. Well, because I think we can even get stuck in the past when it's been really good. Oh, like, yeah. Like those really happy moments where we feel like that we were really in our sweet spot. Yeah. And there can be a lot of like grief over that of like it's gone or this current time doesn't doesn't feel like that. And I want back to that. And and we lose out on either processing through what we're currently living through and mm-hmm. finding the blessing in the midst of the struggle. Um because because we're always gonna have struggles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that roller that's why they call it the roller coaster of life because like you're always either going up or coming down or there's some kind of like right fear in the midst of the ride. Yeah. Yeah, and I did hear a sermon years ago about, you know, trials and suffering that you're either in it, you're coming out of it or you're about to go back in it. <laughs> and I was like, "Great, that's happiness." <laughs> I <know. laughs> but I have lived since that time very much afraid of where what of the next 
and anxious about the next and wanting to control the next rather than just saying, okay, I'm in this now. How do I be present? Yeah, because God doesn't want us like fearing for the future of like mm-hmm. what what's coming up next. And I, yeah, I, I struggle a little bit with that. And I think I understand, you know, probably where the pastor is coming from, but like it does set you up to be like, okay, oh no. <laughs> so like I'm either, okay, just a little reprieve, but what's coming up next? Uh-huh. And then I'm in it. And then it's like, when am I going to get out of it? And yeah, what's going so yeah, I think, I think there is, there's such power in like, how do we live in the present and accept whatever is coming at the mm-hmm. moment and finding the joy, rejoicing in just knowing that God's right beside us mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the good and the bad. And that, you know, he's, he's always got some plan and something, you know, yeah. better um, whether it's just a complete blessing better or whether he's going to bring beauty out of those ashes. Exactly. Exactly. So good. Well, on that note, we should wrap up. Okay. Sounds good. Can you, can you pray for us? Will you pray for us? You can, but will you? (laughs) (laughs) I will. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time in your word. And thank you for the examples that you have given us through Paul and uh, all the other writers of the Bible. Um, we thank you for your love and your provision and for the fact that you want to complete a good work in us. So we ask that you would help us to continue to learn how to live in the tension and the both and, and that we would continue to turn to you uh, for all of our needs and that we would always be looking forward as you continue to mold us and shape us into the women that you want us to be. We thank you so much for your unfailing love. Continue to walk with each of us and our listeners that that you would uh, just continue to develop us um, into godly women. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. And thank you everyone for listening to the More To Be podcast. I pray you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us. If you're ready to take the next step in aligning your life with God's best, but not sure what that looks like, head over to moretobe.com align to take our quiz and find out. You can also join the sisterhood at moretobe.com slash podcast and get access to our library of Bible study content and biblically based coaching resources, including the Let Go and Live Bible study. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.